0: Come and see, Lord, they replied. And altogether, Jesus wept. Then the Jews said, see how he loved him. But some of them said, could not he who opened the eyes of the blind man have kept this man from dying? The good news of Christ. And altogether, praise praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ.
1: Okay. Hi, everyone. And hi, Joanna. Hi, Flo. (laughs) It's so great to be together with you again. Right now, I have just been so um, thankful, just feeling really thankful for this time that we've had together over the past two weeks now. And um, our conversation last week just felt so rich. And um, you were telling me that you had some conversations with people in your breakouts and just the conversation kept going. Yeah. And so I just feel really thankful that we get to continue the conversation today and I know that through our time together this week God has brought a lot of healing a lot of oh my word yeah so I'm I'm so thankful that I that I got to walk with you and that you walked with me and that we we have been together in this time and that I wasn't alone yeah so um
2: yeah kind of what this whole passage is about really which feels like such one of the one of those obvious God things where it's like oh so it was a passage about Jesus not wanting his friends to grieve alone so God set it up so that you and I would be able to process stuff so that we didn't have to grieve alone. (gasps) Oh yeah, that seems like something God would do. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Seems obvious now. (laughs) But hindsight, Yeah, I feel like I just like gave a spoiler away, but anyway. (laughs)
1: No, it was a good one. (laughs) Yeah. So why don't we continue the conversation?
2: Yes, let's. Yes, let's. So just in case anybody wasn't with us last week, Flo and I got together and started chatting about our assigned sermons because we're both a part of the teaching team here at VEV and our lead pastor, Gordy, Assigns. Sometimes it feels randomly, but it never feels random in the spirit. Um, okay, we're working our way through the Gospel of John. Great. Joanna, you're going to do the first 16 verses of John 11. Flo, you're going to do the next chunk, John 11. And we got together and started talking about um, this idea, the fact that this story was really precious to both of us and that for both of us this story, like these Bible verses had been connected to really poignant times of ministry in our lives. And so we met together last week when I was meant to be teaching and we prayed together. And we did a Lectio Divina over the reading together. And for those of you who don't know, it's just a fancy schmancy way of calling it divine reading, where we basically read it a whole bunch of times and then had different approaches to listening and had different things come out. And so our last week's sermon was more of a conversation where Flo asked me three questions based out of what she heard me share when we meditated on this verse together. And so this week, it's my turn. So Flo is a little prepared. We're kind of doing a combination of some preparation and some improv. All right, so Flo, my first question for you today. Oh, and if you're watching this on YouTube, I don't have it written down. Do you remember the verses? John 17 to, is it? 37. 37, okay. And if you're in service with us, somebody just read that. If you're not, you might want to read that so you know what we're talking about. So when we got together on Tuesday and meditated on this, my first question is not very articulate because you were saying things that were so smart that I was writing all these things but my don'ts don't make a lot of sense, but essentially what I was writing first says confusion and then it says points us to resurrection, propels us forward, continuity, communion, loss can move us forward, we're pushing towards something. So it was all this language about loss moving us forward or moving us towards something. And when I was looking back at my notes, I was like, wow, that seemed like I was really super inspired by what she was saying. But I don't actually remember <laughs> an articulate question. So do you remember what this spirit highlighted to you that I got so excited about where I was like, yes, yes, it's propelling us forward, but I don't actually remember the thing. Does it ring a bell for you? Yes. Right. Yes. <laughs> <God>. oh. <laughs> yeah,
1: hopefully um, it can stick better <laughs>
2: this time. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Obviously something I was very passionate about because I wrote a lot of notes, but I went back and was like, what about propelling us forward? Because I want to know.
1: <laughs> yeah. So I think I was talking about how um, the this week, actually, preparing for all of this, I I had to do some readings on grief, which... I couldn't believe the timing of it because of what we were doing. And so I've been learning about the Christian funeral in the early church and how the the purpose of it for them um, was to prepare the person who had passed on to meet the Lord they washed the body and they really cared for the body, dressed the body in white robes. And they essentially saw it as, just as they had been walking together in community while the person was living, that even though this person had now died and they were physically separated by death, that they're still connected as the body of Christ, that even though there's death right now, we're still connected to all the people who have gone on before us.
2: Yes, I do remember you saying all that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah.
1: And, and so they saw the funeral as this last part of walking with them as their community, walking with them, and to see them go and be with the Lord. And so there's this um, idea of continuity that, that the body of Christ doesn't stop, even though our loved ones have passed on before us, we're still worshiping together with them. And actually, I was thinking about this, the early church when a lot of people were getting martyred and killed, they would worship at the tombs. And um, it was actually on purpose to remind them and remember that these people that they love so much and they had just lost, that they're still worshiping together. They would be right there, so they would remember that all constantly, that that's our reality that's actually our reality. Even now, all the people that we have lost were, they're worshiping like with the Lord on the other side of eternity. And we're worshiping here on earth, but we're actually still worshiping together. And, and I think I never heard any of this before,
0: Wow! but
1: I, I just thought this is so profound. And I think like, a necessary thing to remember because it keeps our eyes on the bigger picture of like what we're hoping for what we're living for that we're being propelled forward this these longings that we have to see those ones that we've lost is very appropriate it's actually I think how we should feel and we're just hoping it increases our hope um and our our desire to see them and to see the lord and just reminding us of like that's what we're living for that's what we're going towards um so yeah i think that
2: i love that and i loved that story of the thing so that totally makes sense that i was like writing all that down but i couldn't remember i love the connectedness to that And it it makes sense too. like, even what we were reading or that little bit that we found out about how this was such a communal experience for Mary and Martha and their family. Like there was a lot of people there. Like this story that we imagine, like just Mary, just Martha, like noticing or just filling in those blanks of like John says, there was a lot of people there. And then everyone noticed when Mary got up and left and everyone like, and people would have been bringing like That makes sense that then that evolved into that early church practice. If it was coming out of this Jewish idea of sitting Shiva, like it would have just colored that. Like it would have just illuminated that idea of grieving in community and everyone being together. Like, I just feel like this story just sets the stage for what you're describing. The early church then went on. That's what their funerals looked like because it was such this communal event. But I love that idea of worshipping, and yeah, it's a good reminder.
1: Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it kind of like gets us out of, I mean, we, sh- we also need to be present in the moment, obviously, but I think. Um, sometimes our lives can be so much and there's just so much suffering and pain and um it's also good to remember the bigger picture and and to um to know that like there's a day when death will be no more suffering will be no more tears will be no
2: more and then And And loneliness will be no more. Yeah. 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 You won't be navigating that alone, right? It's been so hard, the isolation, right? Being able to grieve together. Yeah. Sweet. Okay. Can I ask you the next question? Yes. Does that feel like an okay place to stop? It does. Uh, Okay, so it actually continues on because, of course, this is about grieving. And so one of the things that really stood out to me that you shared when we met the other day was that you said the fact that Jesus is grieving so openly with his friends in this passage, that it's often referred to showing it's showing Jesus's humanity, but that you had thought or that you had heard taught and that you loved the idea that what it actually shows is his divinity and i wanted to hear you say more about that
1: yes thank you um yeah i it actually something you said has been coming back to me when I've been thinking about this question of Emmanuel, God, with us. That Jesus is Emmanuel, God, with us. And, um, and I think Jesus grieving in this passage, being troubled in spirit and kind of angry I think like just like just oh yeah yes like really disturbed yeah is think I've been thinking a lot about this that that is him being God and seeing that in that seeing Jesus as God doing those things and acting that way and feeling those things, I think is so powerful and is showing us who God is and who that he is a God who does get angry. He does get very sad. He weeps. He suffers. He feels pain. He's hurt. He is with us in all of the messes of our lives. He's in the nitty gritty. Like I was picturing him being the friend who holds your hair back while you're puking in the toilet.
2: Like he's, he's there. He doesn't. You and I talking when we first got together about like, once you've been with somebody and they're giving birth, like, I feel like it's like the holding your hair back. It's like being with your girlfriend and she's in labor and you're being like, we're getting in the shower, I'm gonna do like, yeah, there's no, because it is holy, right? Like we were talking about that, like that moment is so much about something else. So I love that picture of Jesus, I'm gonna, Jesus is the one that's gonna hold my hair back. (laughs) (laughs) That is, (sighs) yeah, Yeah, we're just like, oh yeah, you're, in it
1: like yeah yeah he enters it right in like
2: the messes that they
1: <laughs> most people aren't don't want to come and be with you in he's yeah,
2: there. he's the one who's gonna <laughs> comb through your kid's hair and do all your laundry
1: <laughs> yes
2: yes yes <sighs> yeah. I'll yeah. take it. I'll she, take a god that close.
1: <laughs> yeah, he's not scared of yeah. you know, horrifying yeah. things, the most disgusting, disturbing, annoying, yeah. like yeah. irritating, um, inconvenient things. Yeah. Like he's there, and he'll hold your hair back, and <laughs> yeah. and I think just kind of re reframing god as that god he's not aloof and far away pie in the sky like really far from us and not there he's right there right there with us and i don't think that we can um understand begin to even try to understand suffering and pain in the world if we don't see it in light of jesus And who he is, and who he shows us he is, and what he did in the Gospels. Like he he was in it, he was there, he suffered, he died. Like he, yeah. And I, so yeah, I I think I was talking about that. And oh, and I wanted to say this that um, the fact that we feel and we feel so many things so strongly, and we go through heartache and pain and joy and sadness, anger. The, we're actually reflecting God's image when we be that the, the fact that we have the capacity to feel so much reflects God and who He is. That's who He is, and that's why we are like this too. And it's, it's yeah. a beautiful thing. And it's not something to be like scared of, although it feels scary. Um, yeah.
2: And, yeah. And we feel it and learning more about our feelings too. like, was it? Oh, yeah. You Sandra said it. And then you said it back to me when we were talking about it earlier, but the whole thing of like, not being scared of our pain, but then learning to like the whole series of embodiment. Like the more we learn about that and the more science is catching up, like that's where we store all those feelings. We store them all in our bodies. Like we can't think too much about our feelings. It's helpful to unpack and describe, but it's like, yeah, like I think we have to, you know, like if we're going to feel Jesus in us, it's like it was hard to talk about. Like I just want to be like... (laughs) <laughs> i don't know but yeah the, all those feelings that we feel and god with us in all those feelings mm-hmm. like that is such a huge aspect of embodiment like inviting jesus in to all that
1: yes yes yeah you're so smart Flo. No, no, I'm not. (laughs) You are
2: so much smart stuff. Okay, I have another thing I want to ask you about. Does it feel like a good place to, did you have more thoughts about the last thing or is it a good time for the night? No,
1: this is good. I feel like you've now said things that I I need to go and think about later.
2: Uh, (laughs) (laughs) Next in our seven-part series. Where we just keep saying stuff. Yeah. <laughs> In this series alone. Sorry, everyone. We're still doing sermon prep. We meet once a week now. <laughs> I would love it. Okay. Um, this last one, I think. I think is like the thing. Like this, I know. Obviously, you and I, we we really felt God moved in us when we were meditating the other day. Um, But you just said so eloquently, and I I even felt this too, like you said, this part of this story, this kind of in-between between what we talked about last week, like Jesus got called, he didn't go, he didn't show up right away, and then, spoiler alert, Lazarus gets raised from the dead, This piece in between of the conversations where they get together and they all grieve. You said, I feel like we often go, we gloss over this part of the story, we want to go around this part of the story and we just want to get to the resurrection part, but you said you felt like God was calling us And I think you said calling us as a community, even like the sense was as we processed, like it wasn't just you. And I. I know there was some really personal things for you and you and I really felt it as we processed it. But the sense was that for our community, God wanted us to go through this story. Can you say more about that? I thought that I just was like, dang, that's a thing and wrote it down but I'm just wondering if you have more thoughts about what does it mean that we don't go around this chunk of how they grieved as friends first, before this part that we did. I remember I even said to you too, like, we get this part and then we have to stop. Like, who gets to preach the next part? Like that was totally the conversation at the beginning. So <laughs> if I admit, I was fully like, what? We don't even get the end? <laughs> We're just preaching the middle. That was totally it in the end. Of it. Yes.
1: Yes. Well, it's funny because you had said that. Yeah. And I had said, oh, when I first found out I was assigned this passage, I was like, oh, no, Lord. So resistant and just like, you know, God, I have so much baggage with this passage. I can't do this. Oh. And God knew what he was doing and that we weren't supposed to pass over it and that we have to go through it like you were saying and um I think I will share just a bit of my story because I think that it just is what I know of
2: I didn't want to assume that you would but if you feel like you could it really touched me
1: So um, okay, so I was very resistant to this passage and um, a good friend of ours that we lived with, we were in community with doing ministry with, so very close like family, um, got really sick And we all felt that this wasn't gonna end in death. He was gonna pull through, God was gonna heal him. And we had all the faith to back it up and all the experience of seeing God um, bring people out of wheelchairs and legs growing out and crazy things had happened. So we just felt like, yes, God, we've seen you do this. And your word says, And we know that you all, it's always your will to heal. And we just fully had no doubt in my mind, he was gonna be healed. So then when he died, I was still like, nope, he's gonna raise him from the dead because it says here in this, like in this passage, uh, he who dies, he who believes in me though he dies, will live and I was like that's it I'm standing on your word God I'm standing on your word you said this and so even as we were preparing for the funeral I was still like like over a hundred percent sure he's gonna do it and he didn't and I just my whole world fell apart my like this was such a foundation of like my faith in God even. And like, I just didn't know where to go or what to think or what to believe. Like I was so disoriented and just didn't understand. But at the same time, there was no permission to question because Uh like it's somehow still is true or like, I don't, there was no room to- wow. To question and so since coming to Vancouver a lot of our time has been finally learning to question wow and finally realizing we can question that we need to question and this um Mary and Martha, but especially Martha and her just like aggressive running up to Jesus. Like if you had been here, he wouldn't have died. And just like their expectation of what he was supposed to do. And I I just resonate with her so much. Like you, this is what you were supposed to do and you didn't do it. Yeah. And, And then, but going beyond that and doing the Martha, like just being real with him. And even those like kind of scoffing people at the end, well, he he opened the eyes of the blind man. Couldn't he have um, kept this man from dying as much as like they are not painted in a very good light, but I think there's permission again to just question and ask and doubt that God is bigger than our doubts and questions even though like most like scary things that we're not supposed to think he can handle it
0: Mm.
1: and I it's just been such a long journey of even I was telling you songs I couldn't sing I realized I couldn't sing anymore and I was like what do you mean? You're never going to let me down. You let me down. I, uh, it took me a long time to get to the place to be able to say, you just, dis- you really disappointed me. I'm disappointed in you. Even now I'm like, oh, you know. <laughs> <laughs> but like, it's okay. He yeah. can handle it. He wants us to, to say these things to him. This, I think this passage gives us that permission, all the Psalms, so many Psalms, give us that permission and I was actually thinking about this too like with our kids we want them to come and say tell us things even if it's like things that that scare us or that we actually like um no we want to hear it we do we want them to tell us everything because and I think God's like that too he's like come to me you know like with all of this and
2: even if it's something you wish they weren't feeling, like you're like, I wish you didn't feel, not not like I want, you want them to change, but it's just so painful that they're going through it. You still want to know. Yes. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah. And that, and, and we, we can, they can trust us with it. We can, we can handle it. (laughs)
2: And that has been that, I think that's been a huge thing in my journey is learning that, like learning that for myself and then learning to say that to my kids and trusting that God will help me because I grew up so much in a family that was so positive that I really was afraid of emotions. And there are times where I still do get scared, like particularly by anger, but, but there are times where I think, Oh, it's too much. I don't. And And, and, and learning to say, like, it's not too much. I can, I can listen. And I've had to tell myself that. And then I've also had to say that to my kids, like, okay, there's nothing you can say that's going to scare me away. Like I might get scared, but I won't go away, (laughs) but it takes practice, right? Like that totally takes practice, but knowing that God is already that spacious place right like I love that verse in Psalm 18 he brought me out to a spacious place because he delighted in me like I just think that like God has that capacity like God's just big enough you know it even feels speaking of embodiment like I say that it feels big in my body when I say that mm. isn't that interesting that God knew like Mary and Martha knew that Like they knew that they could see that to him, which Mm -hmm. is kind of crazy. Like they call him the teacher, right? He wasn't even supposed to teach women. And so not only did they teach him, like he taught them, but there must've been enough of a relationship. And John, like John's the one that tells the story. So he must've heard it or he must've heard them say it. But the fact that they could say it, like, where were you? Yeah yeah again Mary just with the falling at the feet right yes just crying all over his feet again
1: yes yes it's like there's so much in there in this passage of showing us how to grieve too yeah like at first Mary was at home and there's times where you need to be at yeah. Home.
2: yeah yeah yeah
1: then she was falling <laughs> at his feet and just sobbing. Yeah. And like yeah,
2: that, right? and she's trying to do the right thing and be with all the people and have, you know, navigate the household and yeah. Well, I think too, like this is just an aside, but I'm thinking what a thing that must've been in a culture where there were so many rules. And I think there are like, this kind of touches on our conversation last week too. You still get a lot of messages about as a woman, how you're supposed to be and how you're supposed to act and what you're supposed to say and not say. And the fact that in order for them to have the freedom to talk to him that way, he must have created the kind of relationship with them where they were like, I'm allowed to say what I want to say to this man. Mm. That's amazing.
1: Yeah, that's, that's beautiful to have that relationship with Jesus. Yeah. And I, yeah, the permission to talk to him like that the permission to grieve like I feel like for me any negative emotions was just like not allowed at all so it's taken me a long time to learn to cry and to embrace the tears and we were talking about like letting the tears are a gift that tears wash us tears bring healing and somebody told me one time like if the tears come don't hold them back it's a gift let them flow and and I really really tried to live by that um, because I don't want to waste those tears now <laughs> I've stuffed down enough of them my entire life um, yeah and I so yeah, I just think that it's so so significant I was just reflecting this morning how um I got to go through this passage that was so scary for me oh but not I didn't have to go through it alone that God knew because this was not what I what we I had planned obviously um and that just like in your question you were asking just Um, I think that God's inviting us right now. We've talked a lot in our services of just hard times that we're all going through and that we, I really felt that just like for me being able to walk through, um, not alone, that it's a time that we can grieve together. That we I mean, God wants us to make space mm. to grieve. That there is permission to grieve. There's permission to question. There's permission to doubt. Together, um, you quoted you. I'm going to butcher this quote um, about somebody saying, "The neighborhood of our mind, my mind is too scary to walk alone." Yeah. And
2: I, yeah, I don't remember the exact quote either, but Anne Lamott basically saying like, sometimes my neighborhood's not a safe place to walk around in alone. Like, like I need to be there with somebody else. And, and yeah, yeah. I think there, there, there's a
1: time to grieve. And I think, I feel like it's, that time is right now and that we can do it together. And you also said this, that there was no, there would be no resurrection without the grieving that the grieving had to happen first. And, and like we had already said, trying to like gloss over it, pass around it. I, I I think we're called to walk through it, even though it's scary and hard that this story also, I think represents that in between time of the now and not yet where we are in this time, as we're waiting to see our loved ones again, to see Jesus again, that it's appropriate to be weeping. It's appropriate to be lamenting and crying and questioning and doubting. And and as we go through it, we come out on the other side, I think we're softer, we're more raw, more compassionate and more broken over the brokenness of our world it and and we're okay if we don't have the questions that we wanted but i think yeah there's something important that is just necessary
2: to go through go through it yeah Yeah, and acknowledging there has been so much loss in the last year and a half in our church family, like even in the last month. You know, several people who have lost members of their family, people who've lost their pets. That's, that's hard, really hard. I'm also aware, too, like, I know, and this is so meta because I know that we're recording this right now, but I also know that Wade and I are gonna be hosting on Sunday. And that like, we're gonna have to figure out how to transition out of this. And then also like not wanting to be manipulative and it's Zoom and being like, well, we're supposed to grieve now and then be like, go. So I don't, I'm just, I'm like, yeah, I'm aware that I don't wanna, I just don't want to be manipulative in in, in that too. Mm -hmm. You and I, well, I think maybe the thing would be to just say what happened. So you and I were reading through this gospel for a third time. And the last thing that you do in Electio is you ask the Holy Spirit to give you an invitation. And you read first. And then as soon as I started to um, read for the third time, I felt the spirit of God, just the the thought was really big in my body was the invitation was to literally lie down like Mary and cry. But I was like with you on Zoom and we were reading, but then I got to the part where I had to say what Mary said, when Mary said, if you had been here, my brother wouldn't have died. And then I just started to cry. And by the time we got to Jesus wept. Ah. we just had a good old cry
1: that was so so healing for me yeah it was yeah just so um what I needed like and I didn't I was so thankful that you went for it and (laughs) just like listened to your Uh, body and your emotions and and get that gave me permission to like ugly cry yeah (laughs) and and the tears flowed and the healing really came as we did that together, I'm so thankful.
2: Alrighty, well, maybe there's no way to wrap this up in a neat way. I think we just have to be faithful to say, this is what happened for us when we read it. Just putting it out there. I would also like there to be space and time for us to grieve together. I know we talked about this physically. Maybe it's something we can come back to again of making it Maybe we can make a space or time at the church where if we can distance ourselves, but even if we just can light some candles or make some space, if there's, I don't know. I don't know what that looks like. Yes.
1: Yes. Well,
2: any final thoughts? Beautiful flow. The
1: only little thought I had when you were talking about grieving and like the loss of pets and I think it's not it's yeah like it's not even just the people who have died or pets who have died but other things that we've lost Mm
0: -hmm.
1: as well and I think that these losses no matter how big or small are not insignificant by any means
2: Mm
1: -hmm. and that they are worth grieving. Mm
2: -hmm.
1: That was the only other thought
2: I had. Well, I think that's a good thought. I'm gonna resist the urge to try and say more. (laughs) It's a pleasure. And now back to me in the service. (laughs) So, this is our reflection to hold. There was so much there, and man, I had a bit of a hard time watching myself talk, but boy, I sure love doing that with a flow. Oh. So, this is our reflection question here. Reflect on how longing for those we've lost draws us forward and fills us with hope to when there'll be no more suffering and we'll be with the Lord. And the option is reflecting on the permission that you have to grieve.